0: What's up, Unfiltered Leadership listeners? This is Paul, Chris, and Kalen with another episode uh, coming your way. Really excited to announce this one as it's a first for us as we join forces with not one but two other podcasts. So we've got Chief Master Sergeant Joe Bogdan from the Llama Lounge as well as Master Sergeant Joshua Leigh-Gillian from Uncomfortable AF. And uh, so we're super stoked today to bring you uh, an episode that we have been talking about for a few months now, and it's going to be in regards to the book, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. We hope you enjoy.
1: What's up? unfiltered leadership listeners uh it's Chris Kalen and Paul today's a huge episode um we've got a couple guests um we've got Chief Joe Bogdan um probably not best known but but really well known for Llama Lounge so fellow podcaster and then we also have Lego who's uh a first sergeant Josh and um also a fellow podcaster uncomfortable af which i like to think of uncomfortable air force um that's that's clearly what it means right some might say (laughs) otherwise but regardless it's uh you can catch uh llama lounge all over the place i think currently uncomfortable af is available only via facebook but is that true i go a firm yes okay but but soon soon to be everywhere after this probably if our 35 followers subscribe to you. You'll have 36 followers. It's going to be, um,
0: so I just want to, I
1: want to set the stage here. We're going to talk about the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. And I, in, in my mind, um, I've, I had heard about this book talked about by several people and just because I have a huge, uh, wish list of books to read. It just got, it kind of didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick it up. Um, chief, I heard you talk about it several times and that was kind of, that was kind of one of the catalyst things. Um, You know, when you were on our podcast, we've we've been on your podcast, I started, started following you on Facebook and that kind of stuff. And I was inspired. So finally picked up the book and brought it with me to, um, to a family trip where we were in the cabin. And I smashed Mm -hmm. it in two mornings before the kids got up, right? Like, (laughs) <laughs> in, in a matter of uh, two, one and a half hour sessions, because I couldn't put it down. Um, it, it was simultaneously impactful in the words, but also um, easy to digest. And I think it's written where it just punches you right in the face. Um, so I, I asked these two, I asked Chris and Kalen, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's read the book. Um, Lego, you know, we talk about books a lot of time. I think maybe I mentioned or you picked it up on your own, um, but but anyways, you ended up reading it as well, and then then kind of like, let's talk about it, right? Because there's huge value in, in talking about it, so here we are, right? The rest is history, or will be, once we publish this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate it, and, um, and just telling me that you know I inspired you to pick up the book after you heard about it a couple times. I wasn't fully aware of that, so thank you for sharing sharing that with me. And um, I've shared numerous times about this book, I think it hit me at the right time. And I think sometimes that's, that's part of it, right? The timing when, when you see something, you listen to something, or you read something at the right time, um, it could even be more impactful. And this book hit me at the right time. It gave me the information that I needed the the perspective that I needed at the time. And um, it really helped me through it. And um, it's probably quickly becoming my most gifted book that I give to people uh, right alongside the Daily Stoic, which is also by Ryan Holiday, right? So those two books, I, I probably gift more than any others. So appreciate um, you having, having me and Lego on. I think this is going to be a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point that it's a good gifted book, because I think that reading books is great. But I think that passing that on is it's huge. Like that's one of my favorite things to do is in in most rewarding things is if I recommend a book and someone actually reads it, because essentially they're, they're trusting you enough to invest some time in something that you recommended, which is huge, number one. And then number two, when they come back and they go, Hey, that's, that was powerful stuff. I think that's the kind of, um, that's, that's a reward in me. And you're, I think you're right. This is a, this is a great book to gift because it, it doesn't scare people, right? Like, when you, when you get it, it's kind of unassuming and it's, you look through it and they're like the font is okay. So, and it's not huge. Right. Like if you give someone like war and peace, they're like, thanks. <laughs> right. Like maybe I'll read it. Maybe I won't. So um, it's, a, it's great just in that capacity, but then also obviously the content is, is phenomenal. And um, yeah, so, so great point. I think it's great to give too, but I right.
0: Yeah. no hey Chris. hey josh so obviously we've had a uh, chief on before uh can you just give us a quick rundown on on your bio and and uh obviously we know your shirt now you go by lego but uh let's let's give uh our audience just a little bit of a, a purview into your life and uh, career up to this point if you don't mind
3: sure so uh i'm a first sergeant that's been said already i've been in for 16 years um I'm a huge fan of the Air Force. I love it. I love my family. I'm a father of three. Um, One of the best things I like about the military and the Air Force in general is about these opportunities, like the one that we're doing now. I don't think in any, a lot of other walks of life that I, what paths I would have chosen that I would be in this environment right now, um, collaborating and and learning, Um, but I, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. You're much
0: more,
1: dude. Yeah, I think you're selling yourself short. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just telling Chief uh, that you're you're. I'll say it, the the best first sergeant that I've worked with. Concur. Yeah, it's my praise, man. I praise. Well, you man. don't know, hey, right? Like who, who else have I worked
2: for? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know what I noticed? I noticed when you see, you guys say that, when I look at, when I look at Lego, he looks uncomfortable AF, right? Cause I don't, <laughs> think, he I don't think he likes getting those compliments like that. So.
1: He, he, well, and that's a testament to his character, right? He's like a humble he's just, dude. Yeah,
2: he's a, he's very, hundred very humble dude. So you're right. Yeah.
3: You know, I, I will you take the opportunity if, if I could take the opportunity, I'm um, only who, who I am because of, The people around me and that starts with my family so I guess to share a little bit about myself um just Renee and my children and everybody I've worked with and um I just I I love this kind of stuff so
4: yeah what's that man
0: yeah
1: Kaylin, you were gonna say something
4: yeah I was just gonna mention a lot of people won't know this like uh viewers or listeners but there's a lot of meat smokers on this podcast right now. There's a lot of people that take a fancy to uh, smoking grill and grilling good meats and everything. And uh, I mean, I would say if that, I would venture to say that if we were to take some of the guys from this group, this podcast, we would, feed the community well yeah. like with with knowledge br- and with, food with, <laughs> with podcasts and brisket you know? yes yes but, uh, <laughs> no she Biden, him he, he he uh grills some awesome stuff he's he killing he, gets- he was killing some ribs a couple weeks ago and uh mean, lego treasure. lego you and i have shared a lot of uh the products that we put out and chris does a great job too so it's pretty uh pretty awesome i'm excited to see uh well, Paul, when Paul buys his Traeger in D.C. Yeah. and everything. So. I caught a fish once. <laughs> Lego, can you share uh, just real quickly, too, just for the viewers? I mean, we'll plug your uh, podcast even more probably at the end. But uh, uh, just a quick 30 seconds. Like, what inspired you to do to start your podcast and, and the topics that you kind of that you uh, funneled to?
3: Uh, So you guys, number one and stuff like this, but uh, I'm really, as Chief pointed out, uncomfortable sometimes. And um, one of the places I'm uncomfortable is social media. I tended to stay away from it because I was just frustrated by the negative comments. And I like the humor, but when you open yourself to keyboard warriors and all that stuff, I kind of avoided it. And I just had an epiphany that um, we don't always get to choose our battleground and we don't always get to choose what environment we're in. And more importantly, the environment that our airmen are in and that our peers are in. Um, So I just decided instead of just avoiding the content that I didn't like, I needed to start creating uh, the content that I think is beneficial. So um, in essence, that's what I was going for.
4: That's incredible. I think it's really cool that like uh, all three of these podcasts, we have kind of like a a commitment to drive and to lead people to have certain dynamics of conversations, but we're all very under uh, underneath this umbrella that I think we're all giving different topics or I guess you say attitudes of our conversations. I mean, chief, your discussions are extremely intellectual and you guys give off an incredible arena and everything Lego you kind of have when it comes to that uncomfortable thing, uh, uh, being able to speak about tough topics, but then everything that we kind of bring to the table, I really feel that we're not under this umbrella that we hit different aspects of leadership all the time. I mean, there's so much growth with all these, uh, with everything we kind of provide for people, and I just think that's very cool that we are we're very synchronized. Josh, maybe if I could
1: jump in with a thought and and kind of start the discussion of the obstacle as the way, because Riley, you, you talk about why is it that you jumped into this arena of podcasting and it's because you're you're uncomfortable with social media and that kind of stuff so so let me go into it although I don't I don't know that in this in this context social media is an obstacle necessarily in in the sense of uh Ryan Hemingway's vision of an obstacle but certainly there there's some uncomfortableness there where you you recognize that as like what where's the benefits for me in, in stepping into this arena that I know is a weakness of mine. Right. And, and that's, I think that is one of the fundamental concepts of the obstacle is the way is, is looking at things that are going to be difficult and that are going to be a challenge and changing your perspective from, man, I'm, I'm stepping away from that. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to avoid that arena because I know it's difficult and changing that perspective to one of like, let me jump into this thing head first, because there's, because there's value and benefits from from that. So did, did you, just, just kind of an opening question, did you see any of
3: that in, in this book? So when you were just responding to me, I was uh, thinking literally of the part in the book about the guy's name, I, Demetrius or something, where he was mm-hmm. so dedicated to his craft and um, mm-hmm. getting himself better that... He shaved half his head hmm. so that, yeah, uh,
2: that was Demosthenes. he wouldn't yeah. go out and
3: yeah. yeah, he wouldn't go out in public. Mm-hmm. And so, one thing with my uh uncomfortable AF is my wife said, You have to do it for a year, you can't just do it for the initial part, you have to stay at it. So, I know that, um, I have to stay at it, and that was my way of kind of guaranteeing that I'll keep doing it.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, you know, and I think, um, just what he described as well is it really talking about the. The four stoic virtues um it really captures two of them that courage right for sure and and really justice of just doing the right thing versus just kind of sitting there letting the other things happen right so um yeah I, i applaud you lego i think that's awesome
3: thanks
0: so uh one of the passages in the book on uh page 36 says uh perspective is everything that is when you can break apart something or look at it from some new angle, it loses power over you. Over you, and so I think that like goes hand in hand. As the first page that I have open to discuss is that this virtual realm or this um, social media realm that um, you know you you push to the wayside, if you will, because there was, there is so much negativity out there that it's so hard to get past that piece. Um, and it had power over you in a certain regard that I'm going to avoid it. And so once you change your perspective, once Renee, you know, is is standing behind you and saying, do this, right? Having having the the power of a spouse, uh, the uh, encouragement of a spouse, or just a loved one in general, or just a friend, uh, gives you an enormous amount of moral, Physical, personal courage that allows you to step up and out of those comfort zones, and uh, so I I think this this path. I mean, there's so many passages here that we could discuss all day on. um, But perspective is everything. Uh, What are your thoughts on changing perspective? And I'm going to go with Chief with this one. Um, Changing your perspective on different obstacles or different life challenges that um, you think that you're never going to get past, but by moving to a different angle and viewing it from a different point you thusly get a new advantage or a new a new vantage uh, on that obstacle and and see a way around it or over it
2: yeah i think that um perspective is everything right and we have the ability to think through issues and see them however we want to see them right we really do Right, it's it's a choice that we have, and it's very difficult when you're actually in the middle of it, uh, and and something that you're not you know happy about doing. But one of the my favorite quotes in the book is we decide which story to tell ourselves, mm. right? And, and that's one hundred percent true. We decide that. So when we are faced with an obstacle, whether that's a man made obstacle, which sometimes we face those as well, right? Or if it's just an obstacle, a physical obstacle in our way, or whatever that might be. Uh, if we can pivot and look at it from a different angle and see that as an opportunity, just that mindset of being able to do that, it can make you uncommon amongst the uncommon because so many people just sit there and they start becoming victims of the circumstance. Right. And they allow themselves to jump into the passenger side seat of the car and let life just roll them. Right. And I think it's so powerful when we can sit there and look at it. Okay. This, this looks like it's going to suck right this is not this is not going my way, but what can I learn from this and that's really important and recently, I kind of played it i don't know if you guys might have had opportunity to see the video that I played uh, i I made recently, and it was really talking about um transition times when you're going through tough times right um, I shared with you guys before that um you know my marriage was coming to a close um my i'm transitioning to a deployment but also at the same time i've been in quarantine a couple times you know and then and i'm going through this weird moment where i kind of feel unemployed because a person that's you know taking over for me has already got the stick so i'm in this weird transition phase and i'm like Cinder, okay i want to get this over as quick as possible like we mostly do right whenever we're in that transition stage where it's uncomfortable we're PCSing or pcs and whatever we just want to get to the next spot and go execute mission right sure. and i sat there and thought what can i learn from this though let me embrace the feelings I'm having—the angst, the anxiety, the fears—and um, and and I think it's helped me learn a lot about myself. And one of which is my ego is what's making this so tough for me, because there's not a lot I can control right now, right? So it's really kicking my ass, guys. You know, what I mean, like, because I'm usually the one that can 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 influence things. So I'm in that weird transition side. and I share that with you guys because I think it was so important that even in that moment, I was able to pivot. You know a little bit, and I'm not saying it's fixed everything, but it's definitely made me a lot more productive in this situation, yes, sir.
1: That, I think, um, yeah, and I 100% agree. I think that, that that perspective is everything, and I that particular chapter is opened up by a quote from Viktor Frankl. And, um, you know, Josh is down with man's search for meaning, but mm-hmm. like, man, like, so you know, if you haven't, I, I recommend that as it's a great follow on this book too, or a precursor to this book, but Viktor Frankl is, um, you know, he, he spends three years in a concentration camp in Auschwitz. And, um, and he kind of, he like, that's his whole jam is like, here I am in this situation. The only thing they have taken everything from me, everything down to they, they shave them. Right. So like literally taking their clothes and their body hair, right. There's nothing else that they could take besides their, their life. And, he, he changes his perspective, right? And like, the, it boils down to, that's the only thing you own, you truly own is, is that ability to make, like, how are you going to choose to look at that situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what you're talking about, right, Chief? is like, it's like you, can either, you can either fight that transition or the obstacle or whatever it is and, and, and wait till it passes you by so you can move on to anything. Or you can press into that uncomfortableness And what can I learn from this? Like, where, where am I at? And and the other thing that I thought about when you're, when you're talking is here's a guy chief, right? Like podcaster reads a lot, a a lot of sage advice, like, like pretty good, right? Like if you were going to arrive, like if you had done your 10,000 hours at the thing and had been, had mastered something, like you're probably close, but it never stops right? The, the learning never stops. And every, no matter how good you are at mastering that, mastering your own perspective, every corner, every turn presents you with another opportunity to, to exercise it. It's not like you, you do it once and you're good. You have to do it again at every decision and you face a thousand decisions a day. Right.
2: Yeah. And it takes a deliberate effort to see it seize it and do something about it or you can just kind of be yeah every single time right and i think even no matter how good you are at everything that's in this book or you know all the skills that stoicism can give to us um we still fall right we still fall no matter what i think what happens though when you start studying this and becoming you know making a lot of these things habits is you happen to be able to pick yourself up a little bit faster right and faster and faster but it doesn't mean you're gonna it's not gonna prevent us from falling
1: yeah, your cycle time, right, like gets quicker and yeah, mm. absolutely, right, but but it doesn't prevent the obstacles. Like mm. it, to some degree, I mean, philosophy would would argue that to some to some point it's like the obstacles become bigger because now you're your it's like stepping into the matrix, right? Like now you mm. see them for what they are versus being oblivious to them, so now you face more of them.
2: Right. 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 <laughs>
0: The repetition piece of that as well. And and like you said, to a certain extent, the pivoting and adjusting to each of those scenarios, even though you may have faced it those thousand times, um, something new is gonna present itself. And as soon as you think that you you have mastered that task or mastered that piece, something new is gonna be thrown your way and you're gonna have to start all over from scratch if you don't do those pivots, if you don't look around and make sure that you're seeing past the obstacle and looking for maybe some second, third order effects that may, may follow that um, initial obstacle and in adjusting whatever it is that you need to do accordingly.
3: Absolutely. I like the quote in the book um, where it said, genius is persistence in disguise. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Edison and he. a lot of people view him as a genius, but, he, and he, he was very intelligent obviously, but he also didn't give up. And even how Tesla described him as uh, someone that is looking for a needle in a haystack is just going to dive in, uh, knowing that he's going to fail sixty thousand times before he finds the right filament uh, for the light bulb. Yeah,
1: yeah, we have this. I think we have this like vision of of all of these things, right? Like E MC squared, and like the periodic table, and like all these things just like like manifesting to someone in their sleep. Right. You know, like they just overnight, oh, yeah. it's an epiphany, and yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah. Because, because that's what I think. That's what culturally we're led to believe that success comes to those who, you know, it's like it's like some, it's like finding a four-leaf clover. When if you peel back all those situations, like those folks are grinding, Mm -hmm. right? Like they are just they're getting after it and they're they're doing the work and they're consistent, right? And that in persistence and consistency, like you mentioned, Lego, like not giving up once. And I think I think we do that quite often. a, a practice that I've been trying to do to, to kind of groove that, that movement pattern is, is riddles. And I suck at riddles. And I don't suck at riddles cause I'm not smart. I suck at riddles cause I give up, right? Like how quick do you give up on a riddle? Like someone gives you a riddle and you're like, ah, I'm seven, I don't know. And they're like, <laughs> right. So like Ted, Ted, uh, Ted.com, the, the Ted talk website has these riddles and, and you can pause. Right. And like, I've been trying to listen to the to the riddle and pause and never go back until I have a good solid answer. And and that's just one practice. But that persistence, because I think we we have this notion that things happen so easy, but to your point, Josh, like they don't, right? Yeah. And that's that's when the obstacle comes. It's like it's not just it's not just about like you have to understand that it's not as easy as as shifting your perspective, pivoting your perspective looking for the value, and then it magically disappears, right? Like there's work to do after that. That's when the real work begins.
0: Well, I think a lot of people maybe overlook or tend to overlook. Like you said, it's not an epiphany. It's not something that happens overnight or instantly and that magically comes to them. And the thousands of hours that went into and the different – you know, trials and errors that they went through to create or find that one filament and lo and behold they they wind up finding it but that's all the that history focuses on that's all yeah. we get taught in school is look what they did look what they achieved and and so i think we lose focus on how much work really went into that to to get to that point and how much work it took after that to like make it even better than, than yeah. it originally was so um i kind of strayed there slightly but I think no. that's important to yeah, so, to, to yeah. focus on those things too. Well, and I, I think maybe that's
1: why this is a skill because culturally you're you're taught that the 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 thing was easy mm-hmm. and you're not taught about the struggle. But what Ryan Holiday is saying is that the struggle, there's just as much value in the in in the struggle mm-hmm. and, and in overcoming the obstacle as there is in the the achievement of the obstacle or whatever it is, you know? Right.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's 100% true. And I think the thing that one of you guys just brought up was the, the work that you have to put in to analyze what's going on. Right. Like you said, mm-hmm. I was Chris. You talk about you could you could pivot, but there's more work to be done. Right. There's more work to be done there. And and to me, that deep work that needs to be done is where all that growth actually lies. Right. So you get to see, you get to see the the, the obstacle. You pivot. Now what? you're not there. You're not yeah. there yet. Right now you got to reflect on what this is actually telling you. And, and I think that's very important. And kind of to your point, I you just brought up like one of my favorite quotes in there too, on the perception piece is blessings and burdens are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's yeah. just super powerful as well.
0: I have that one highlighted somewhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all highlighted. Yeah. The whole book's yeah. highlighted. So uh, right. I don't know. no wonder you can't find it in there. Yeah.
1: You gotta go. You gotta highlight in green your first go, and then yeah. yellow, yellow your next go, and then
2: maybe I will do that. And then underline, and yeah. yeah. So um, for uh, people who uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, but go ahead, dude. So people who are um, have not read this book, I think it's one of the reasons why it's really easy to read is one, it's not too thick. Like you said, it's not daunting, but it's also broken up and organized very well into three Mm -hmm. major pieces, right? Perception, like how we perceive things. Then it talks about how you got to take action. And then it talks about that perseverance part, the will. And it breaks it down into those areas and gives you a lot of wisdom along the way, like thousands of years ago, wisdom, right? And then Ryan gets to package that up. So us normal human beings can kind of understand what's going on. So I highly recommend taking a look at the book.
1: Yeah, and it's also very, very much like the Daily Stoic. I think you can, right? It's because it's it's a ton of chapters. They're all relatively short. You can you can really. It's one of those ones where you can carry in your backpack or whatever your, your cargo pocket and pull out. And if you need if you need something to kind of give you a vector quick, it doesn't matter. You just open up to any random page, and there you are. Yeah, there's there's something there, so it works. It works almost as like a. a a uh, what's it called? One of those books. What's the Daily Stoic called? Oh, just a Daily Reader, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's so super powerful there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's important to yeah. Thanks for thanks for putting that out there you The three kind of phases of of what we're talking about and and right like once you've made the decision, then then you pivot to the persistence and then and then there's always the will because that's that's super important too again because it it you have to you have to be able to commit to the to the grit we talked about grit and like just grinding it out at sometimes most of the time
2: yeah i think I the will know. piece is super important right i mean that's that's the part that 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 takes some some real grind and pain right and sometimes you gotta pick Part. You got to pick the hardest route. And that's a, that's a very big part of stoic philosophy is taking the hardest route. And, you know, we, we have to figure out what those hard roads are. Just like what we talked about with Lego, what we was doing with social media, right? I mean, those are things that weren't easy, but he grew from them. And I think we all grow from those. And I think another quote that's in there is like the path of least resistance is a terrible teacher. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the path of least resistance is not going to be teaching you anything. So. Yeah. Feeling? Hi. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, I, back. I, love, <laughs> I love listening
4: to you guys. It's awesome. I just, you know, you get to learn so much from just sitting back and being quiet sometimes. And, uh, you know, to go with that cheap, there was, I did something different than you guys. I think, uh, I would assume you guys all read hard copy, right? hmm Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, you do? Yeah. All right. So check this out. So at, at times I will analyze like kind of my monthly battle rhythm and I'll be like hey could I actually having a you know one and a half year old can I fit in actually sitting down and reading a book or do I need to look at doing another audiobook or a couple this month and I did this as an audiobook and I usually my audiobooks I'll have them uh, I will listen to them on my drive to and from work but I also listen to them while I run so this was my running book so hmm the part that hit me the most, like super powerful. And I put it on Facebook like that day is I was like, I was getting ready to push out like a a third mile in my treadmill in my garage and, um, wasn't feeling too like great that morning. It just, I felt sluggish. And, uh, I hit the part in the book where holiday says, let your obstacle become your training. Mm -hmm. And that to me was awesome because then I really assessed like, this is an opportunity for me to quit right now. And my body is telling me to quit right now, but the obstacle is that is that I'm, I'm allowing that pain or I'm allowing that struggle of what my nerves are telling me and my, my legs are hurting. I'm letting my perspective then be influenced to say, Hey, you can quit and hop off the treadmill, go have coffee right now, or you can keep grinding it out and maybe just maybe go a tiny bit slower, or you need to go a little bit faster and stretch out your legs. And, I, you know, I really put in perspective that kind of captivating that, that statement where allowing your obstacle to become your training, you get the opportunity to test your personal resiliency, but then you get the opportunity to test the capacity you have to personally conquer every day you approach. And I love that fact is that uh, when you do that, when you pivot and when you hit these corners, That's where the training lies. Chief, you mentioned that's where the growth is, which is absolutely true. But you really get to sit back after that and see how much you want to test yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily – it is about the training. It's about approaching it. But then at the end of the day, how much can you push yourself to in a healthy capacity with willpower and really thinking about that. And uh, I really love that perspective and that statement again is – if you change the perspective that it's training, the obstacles are training because the next day you're going to be more well-equipped, you're going to be stronger, you're going to have a heavier heart, all those things. I love that instead of, because that changes that perspective again. It changes that perspective mm-hmm. where you're not looking forward to the obstacle, but instead if you want to hunt and you want to conquer that day and you want to conquer that obstacle, the next day could be easier or you are more prepared for the next obstacle. So. Yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah hundred percent. And, I, you know, and that's what uh, my favorite just, you know, Latin quote that's in stoicism within this book is sustenate, abstene, bear and forbear. Right. It's just my favorite. And it just means so much to me and to acknowledge the pain, but trot onward in your task, no matter what, whether it's running, whether it's dealing with people that are very difficult, right, whatever that might be, acknowledging it and moving forward. And um, that's just kind of been become my internal mantra. Um, When I'm on mile eight, you know, of a half marathon or whatever that might be. um, Those those are things that I'm, I'm acknowledging. Yeah, my feet hurt right now. But but what what's on that other side of the last five point one miles? Right? Absolutely, love it.
1: and then I think I think the next evolution of that, which which is super hard, and I don't I don't know that I can say that I've done it um, very often. at All is this this uh, idea of love everything that happens, mm. and he like <laughs> right, right like he goes from there's like that evolution between like okay now now you've become or in my mind anyways now you've become pretty good at looking at um these difficult situations as obstacles and you've made you've kind of you have you've gotten pretty good at making the pivot to okay there's value in the obstacle let me go let me go go after it right let me kind of dive in and then there's this next evolution of like loving it mm-hmm. and like now my feet hurt yes right bring right. it on yeah like there it is right yeah. like now i know i'm at mile eight or whatever the case would be like oh this club yeah. this that conversation is going to be difficult but it's necessary let me pivot to to going after it mm-hmm. versus like it's almost not even a thought man it's like I love it let me mm-hmm. let me get in there because I know the value that's on the other end mm-hmm. and um I certainly can't say that I'm there yet right mm-hmm. like but but it's but that's in my mind that's one of the next evolutions mm-hmm. like getting
3: better at it and, and loving it yeah mm-hmm. I heard some uh, David Goggins coming out there of uh, Can't Hurt Me that I know you guys have referenced a couple of times about um, embracing the pain. But uh, I like how you guys have said that we grow so much when we're struggling or when there's an obstacle. Um, I've just found that sometimes obstacles aren't obvious. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that I grew the most um, when I was going through my transition period, when my marriage ended. Um, but sometimes it's not an obvious obstacle. Sometimes you have to find it. You got to go find the the harder path. And that can be a challenge uh, sometimes when we're left to our own devices. Like we're in basic training and it's, it's almost easy to get better in that controlled environment. And it's more difficult the less controlled environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think s- slightly tangential, but uh, he-
1: hedonic adaptation is this idea where you get used to it's like if, it's like if you flew first class every time you flew like you would start to compare first class and you would be like Delta's first class sucks right like you would you would no longer value the the extra yeah. foot and a half so it's like to your point Josh like sometimes it's about going coach on purpose to to reset that hedonic adaptation and finding the hard way you know what i mean like like do i have to um i mean I and again i'm not really good at it either right but conceptually it makes a lot of sense to me like i should probably ditch the car every once in a while and walk to work because yes because otherwise you get you get so adapted to i've got a vehicle to jump in and you forget what it's like to walk two miles or whatever it is you know what i mean i wouldn't recommend if you live like you know 30 miles away but might be late for a meeting or two but yeah, yeah. To, to the point right like find yeah exactly like sometimes the the obstacle is hidden and 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 that might be part of that evolution where you love you love the the difficulty of the obstacle is is l- let me look for it right
2: hey let me let me ask you guys a question this is gonna be a curveball and and i promise you it's somewhere in the realm of what we're talking about and i've just wanted to i wanted to should I've wanted to bring this up in multiple conversations, and it's just never had an opportunity, and I think this would be a good forum for it. People that leave their shopping carts in the parking lot, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking about that one time, right? And I was like, that that pisses me off right it really makes me mad (laughs) it it truly irritates me right and it just really grinds my gears and one day i was sitting there looking at this this shopping cart just sitting in the parking lot and and i was like thinking what would a stoic think about this right what would they do right what perspective would they have and and i went through this whole thing this is how nutty i am right i'm sitting in the parking lot (laughs) And I'm thinking, all right, well, the right thing to do is just go ahead and take the cart and put it back yourself, myself, right? I'll just go do that. But then I'm still like irritated that somebody did this, right? So now I'm thinking like pivoting in my own mind, like, okay, why would somebody do this? And then I started thinking maybe it's a single mom that has two kids and, you know, they just don't have the opportunity to leave their kids in the car and then run all the way back and forth. So they did what they could, right? So I'm thinking about all that, balancing that with a temperance, you know, and, and, and I was like, what is happening to you right now? I'm sitting here looking at this cart, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was sitting, I was like, what do you guys think? I mean, it, I just feel like that's a very benign thing, right? I'm sure it grinds everybody's gears, right? A lot of people, at least, they sit there and look at that cart. Just do the right thing. Why didn't you just take the cart back? But, but there's so many things, small things like that in our days. Not these huge obstacles, right? It could be just a small thing like that, that we have the opportunity to practice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That way, when the big thing happens we've had more practice, right? And we have the opportunity to, to to leverage our skills then. I just wanted to throw that out there and see what you guys think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you talked about temperance, Chief. And I think um, being able to control your emotions and feelings and thoughts in that, in that moment uh, can be a challenge, like, because it is. It, it grinds your gears. And so my daughter, she actually bags at the, at the, at the commissary. So it really gets me because, and I know she's got to go out there and, and clean up after those people that do that um but it's tough in those moments to sit back reflect and um you don't think about it like in those small moments in Mm -hmm. in the day-to-day things that happen like that you just react to it um Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to react with anger or frustration or happiness or sadness or whatever the case may be and so to be able to sit back reflect why did that person do that should i be angry should i be in control of my own emotions over the situation mm-hmm. and because only i can control those things i'm letting that bother me i'm letting that thing get to me when it really shouldn't it really in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter like it does but it doesn't like and so that's the hard thing to 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 balance there to you know find the right reps of is it something that i should freak out about and be frustrated with and let it ruin my day or potentially you know bother me for the rest of the day or do i just go do the right thing and move the cart and put it back inside so um temperance temperance and um self-control is is huge in those moments and you don't really think about it until you self-reflect on it or have conversations like this you're like dang why did that why did that bother me like this is stupid this is so silly but um love it. you brought up that small minuscule little daily life happening that that does it gets in our way and that is an obstacle that we either overcome or learn from or change our attitudes and behaviors because of um because of because of that incident so
1: yeah well it's interesting because the the shopping cart experiment is a is a good litmus test for like kind of where people are at and and how they treat society because you've got the parking lot which is a little a little microcosm of, of society, right? And like, there are different levels to not returning your shopping cart because there are people that return it all the way to the door, right? And like mm-hmm. hand it to the attendant. There are people that on their way in to return their shopping cart will return other people's shopping cart. Oh, I see you're going, let me let me help you. There are people that l- bring it to the door, but no further. There are people that li- leave it clearly in a space. So now it's, it's, it's definitely affecting other people, right? There's all these levels of like, to what degree do you recognize w- your actions and, and how you choose to deal with your shopping cart affects other people or, or the society? So, um, and it reminds me of something I read recently about people mask wearing in public and, and following social distancing and, and the degree to what people, right? Because it's very similar to the shopping cart analogy. I think, do you wear your mask even if you don't agree with it, but you know, you know it doesn't do you any harm but it could potentially save somebody or do you fight the system? <laughs> Josh, look, Josh, Josh is so considerate. He's he's wearing his mask. On Zoom. On Zoom,
2: yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. But, nice.
1: but uh, this article went out to point that people people that go out of their way to not only not wear their mask, but potentially knowingly do things that might get other people sick are are high on the the dark triad of uh, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and sociopath. So I, I would venture to say people that leave their shopping cart in a parking space are very similar on the dark triad. They're dangerous people. They're <laughs> 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 clear. are very, very clear. Cause cause I think I, and I forgot who said it, but what, what are you willing to accept? Right? Like in, in right shopping carts or shopping carts, but if you're willing to drop your shopping cart into a parking spot where it might affect somebody else, what else are you willing to ethically what else are you willing to do that might affect someone else negatively right? right Yeah, great point. and then there's a there's a lot of obviously lessons that transfer from the obstacles way to this to the shopping cart analogy or anything mm-hmm. else you know like yeah great point you
3: just goes to the core belief of uh, leaving things better than uh, how you came into it. Right, I just think it's a douchebag move. I'm not going to yeah. deep dive, yeah. but just yeah, just yeah. Right yeah. And that's you why just, you just spoke you
2: gotta, to Kalen's soul right there. He's yeah. like, yes. No, no,
3: yeah. I, I literally, I think it,
4: it's almost creepy, Chief. I'm going to say that you're creepy right now because <laughs> it is almost creepy that you use this analogy of a shopping cart, sir. Because I, I'm going to share you guys a story in the uh, like hand on a Bible. This literally happened last Saturday. And my wife was with me. We were at Costco here in Fairbanks. And Chief, of course, I know you're not creepy. I'm just saying like, I can't (laughs) believe you use this analogy, but I'm going to share you guys a quick story right now. And I lost it in public and everything. (laughs) And Lego, it's even creepier that you use the term douchebag because a D bag because I literally screamed out that word this weekend. So this weekend, uh, we we're going to Costco and we're leaving Costco. And we are in uh, the front of Costco pulling out of the uh, the parking lot and there's a car in front of us that stopped at the walkway. A gentleman walks up, ironically enough, he's wearing a red hat with a, uh, a certain term that people like to use now for our president. Um, and he walks up and pushes the cart across the walkway to go up and to just sit up at the front doors. But he doesn't push the cart hard enough uh, where it doesn't go up like the uh, the elevation of the roadway. So mm-hmm. it makes it up the roadway, but then just kind of gleams back down, just goes back down to the road. And at that point, it is literally right in front of my car, like in the middle of the road. His car's just sitting there, and he's walking away. So I hop out of my vehicle, and I say, hey, come get your car. It's right in front. He shrugs his shoulder at me. He says no, and I lose it, like I lose it. I screamed. There's people all around me. And I was like, that's a great way to take care of people. And I say I was like, have a good day, D-bag. And people were all around me. And everyone was like, yeah, that was messed up. And there was a guy that came and got the card as I was going to grab it. And um, I get back in the car. I look at my wife and Brandy's like, you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, that was so rude of him. And I was like, was I in the wrong, like doing it? He And she said, no, but I was like, I kind of probably could have not said D bag like that for sure. But that tested me like that. Op- I mean, he faced that obstacle, you know, of like the shopping cart because he was lazy. But then mm-hmm. I had the dilemma of that. I allowed his obstacle to then I was now faced with the obstacle. Like, how do I go into this situation and approach this guy? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I could have handled it better. I knew that immediately mm-hmm. as soon as I walked away. But at the same time, it could have all been prevented if he yeah. would have taken his card. Yeah. yeah.
0: So in that same chapter, love everything that happens. So this applies to this situation. So the next step after the next step after we discard our expectations and accept what happens to us after understanding that certain things, particularly bad things, are outside our control is this loving whatever happens to us and facing it with an unfailing cheerfulness. It is this act of turning what we must do uh, into what we get to do. We put our energies and emotions and exertions where they where they will have real impact. That is that place. We will tell ourselves, this is what I've got to do or put up with. Well, I might as well be happy about it. So again, you you, you were in control of your own emotions in that in that moment. I think you reflected on it right away by asking Brandy, like, hey, was I out of line there? And you almost feel um, in those certain situations that you were, like you, you over... You overreacted to it, right. but at the same time, it's so tough to temper yourself, like, and temper those emotions and thoughts and feelings in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the battle. And um, so, I think you probably reacted like the majority of us would. Yeah. But again, through reflection, you're like, "Man, why was so pissed at this? Like, yeah. I could have totally mm-hmm. gone about this the a different way. I could have just grabbed the car, moved it, or put it away myself, and, and pressed on with life, and not let it have gotten to me." And you know that bump in the road
4: chief it's so funny i just i find that so ironic that you use that example well
0: it's
1: a great yeah yeah it's awesome and i think very very uh near to stoicism philosophy is like right because you've you've now attached emotions to an event that is just an event Mm -hmm. right like that dude drops his shopping cart there yeah that is that when you look at that and you you take the emotion out of it it's it's a human being has has put a physical thing in a physical place and that's it. But w- we have a tough time not attaching emotions to that and then getting hijacked by our emotions and then our reaction, right. And then, and then that individual attaches emotions to that reaction and so on and so forth. Now we have a spiral and, you know, and potentially we're in a bad situation. All the right big, to your point, Chris, like a lot of us react that way, but, but how, how good do you feel mm-hmm. if you can, if, those you ever like you ever won that battle with your mind like and in, in for me it's parenting it happens a lot like mm. i get short with the kids and i i fall off with the handle but every once in a while i'm able <laughs> i'm able to win win that mental battle within myself and go yes. i just mopped the floor i, I won't use joshua's name because we won't talk about lego but i'll use the other twin jeremiah <laughs> spills his juice and and ninety-nine out of hundred times I fly off the handle because I'm, I'm i take it personal. I attach emotions to something that's not doesn't mm-hmm. is a is a is a objective event, right? Like he just he, he doesn't know I just mopped. Like he is not. Yeah. But I yeah. but I attach these emotions to it. And I fly right. off the handle. But when I can when I can cage that expectation and mm-hmm. I can I can understand that and I can pivot my perspective, man, I feel like a champion.
2: Right. Yeah, like, you're, you're attaching like a, a meaning to it, right? Which is driving like that emotion. Like you, you're attaching something else to what's happened. What well, actually, I mean, he, just, he just spilled his juice, yeah. right? I mean, that's right. really what happened and then it drives you off. And um, I think just knowing that even if you only get to fix it once out of a hundred times, I mean, that's still, you know, hopefully tomorrow maybe it could be two out of a hundred right. times. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what we're trying to get to.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's, you know, and it's like, I already mentioned the matrix, but for me, like, like reading the obstacle of the way or any, any real good book, like it should, it it should get harder before it gets easier because
2: mm-hmm.
1: now you, you're open to the understanding of how, how much better you could approach the obstacle or how much better you could react to things or how much better you could um, act in a certain situation. Whereas before getting that knowledge you were you were naive to the whole thing so you thought you were doing real well so then then it's kind of like you know plug it into the matrix you read this book and you're like man i could be doing things so much better so it gets it appears to get worse before you start to get after it and get better at the thing
2: yeah yeah. Yeah. And you appreciate the process of getting better as you start doing this more, right? You start really appreciating the process. And what they talk about is, you know, follow the process, not the prize in the book. And, and that's what it's really about. And then you start identifying, okay, how can, like I said, you can focus on now, what can I learn from the situation? How can I get better at it? You know, um, you know, what situations can I put myself in now yeah. that are going to be difficult, you know, on purpose, to continue to hone some of these skills and, and and you don't get there to that point until you start, you know, with the perception and all that stuff uh, and, and the, a lot of the lessons that are in this book. So I think it's great because it should be almost liberating. When you get to that point where you're like, Oh, it's not about the destination, you know, it, it's the journey. Right. And now you really think about it. Now, how do I make this journey even more tougher for me so that I can become better, you know, whenever this thing ends. Yeah.
1: And I have, I have found sometimes the, the, when you, when you reach the thing, it's almost anticlimactic and you start craving the journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm And, and the, the uncomfortable air force, the the uncomfortable AF and Mm -hmm. right. Like you start,
0: you start craving that
1: piece. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Great point.
0: I think that started out too with like Isles and connect and then evolving into this and like, what is, what is the next challenge that we can put ourselves in to, to grow and learn and and and, you know be better people overall uh we were talking about uh once one journey stops another one begins and so behind mountains are more mountains Mm -hmm. and i I think that's absolutely true like we look for the next mountain once we get to the peak of one mountain we're looking you know two or three more uh, ridge tops deep seeing how far can we push ourselves how far can we get um And I think that's important to to keep in perspective is that the journey is never over. You just reach to the next mountain peak and and move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any, uh, we're, we're, we're nearing that time. um, But I think we got, we got time for a thought or two more. Josh, did you have anything?
3: Uh, I was just reflecting on my own career and how I've changed my mindset uh, through exposing myself to, Podcasts like your guys's and the books and uh, Chief's Perspective and stuff like that. And up until uh, Master Sergeant, I was always going to a destination. Mm -hmm. I would always uh, press, 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 and then uh, I would get somewhere and, and kind of relax and look at the destination as opposed to now that I'm older and have a different and I think a better perspective to really understand that it's not the destination, it's the journey. All these simple sayings that I've heard uh, growing up, whether that's, uh, this is the path I chose, and I chose the difficult one, and it's made all the difference. um, They have so much more meaning now uh, Mm -hmm. than they did when I first uh, heard them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes in the same sentiment,
0: like rereading a book or something like that, you find value, or like Chief was saying, like, when you pick up a book or watch a movie or whatever the case, and it like applies to a life situation or a life happening right then and there, um, like, you find different value in it if you do it again, and you see, a, see the perspective change as we get older, as we mature and, and age. We, we do. We, we look at things in a different light or a different perspective or viewpoint, and I, I think that's important to constantly look back and reflect and review on things that we find value in. Um, and even if it is a simple saying, like I chose the hard path or I chose the hard route to go through, it does. It's like, yeah, man, that, that means so much more to me now as, you know, as a, almost a 40-year-old than it did to me as a 20-year-old. Because the hard mm-hmm. route back then was, was nothing like I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> nothing even close to what I thought it would be uh, yeah, on yeah, this journey.
1: Like, how long can I make this beer bong?
4: Yeah. Twenty one house twenty one we were doing that not twenty. Yeah. 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 Two yeah. stories yeah. plus this three story one. <laughs>
1: All
2: right, All right. Um, no, I think it, another
1: another what's attractive to me about this book is I think it's gonna be timeless as well because I think there's mm-hmm. enough content that hits it from different angles where it it hits you, you know, maybe chapter two, 7, 14 and twenty-eight hits you today, but it's gonna mm-hmm. you know, a year from now. Because, no, no, the same man doesn't step in the same river twice, right? Mm. right? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be chapter 14, 40, and whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be different. So it's always gonna have a way. It's, it's, it's ambiguous enough to, but, but impactful enough to hit you.
2: Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys even bringing this to a discussion. Because I think that where I'm at right now, it was due for me to revisit this book and actually the whole series. And, um, and I don't know if I would have done that if you guys you know, didn't bring this discussion point up and invite me on the podcast. And I think it's great. And you know, one of the reasons why I think you're, you're exactly right, Paul, that this will be timeless is because the book is about obstacles. And that is something every human being will be able to relate to right? Because every single one of us will relate to having obstacles, you know, and and my something I consider an obstacle won't be the same as maybe what Lego considers an obstacle, right? And and same with each of you, but there, it doesn't matter. It's still an obstacle that we face. Yeah. And um, and the whole quote that kind of brought this book, you know, all together was DeMarcus Aurelius quote, quote, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. Yeah. And this book, I will tell you when I read it, the timing and everything that came with it, there's only so many things, so many podcasts, so many books, so many people in your life, right, that you face, that you meet, that can change your DNA. And I think that's, this book did that for me. So really appreciate this discussion, guys. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. We, we appreciate the, um, you know, the, the info and the advice to uh, pick this book up because um, i don't know if i have a, if i personally would have ever found it um if it wasn't for you and for uh, paul you know asking us to read this thing and and how important it really was cuz it did it spoke volumes to me um i think i read it in a week um not quite up to uh, a two morning <laughs> read but uh but no i couldn't put it down it was just one of those like there's so much value and um like we were saying earlier too that you could just pick it up on any given day and go to a page and like man, there's so much stuff in there that you could just use for that day specifically. Um, and it really doesn't matter what page you go to. So um, thank you for the the recommendation on on this amazing book that provides so much insight for us. Oh,
1: my yeah. pleasure. So we'll plug, uh, Chief, we'll plug Llama Lounge again. Uh, super relevant articles on uh, the website. I think um, the pod, the podcast is also super relevant. So if you haven't checked those out, Check those out. Um, also, Lego, uncomfortable AF. Uh, the true meaning of which, undetermined. <laughs> no, it's as fuck. We'll
0: just,
1: <laughs> we'll just <laughs> throw it out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> super super relevant. That's Sundays. Between between all of us, you've got your you've got your uh, media diet covered, right? Because we all <laughs> I think we're all publishing on different days. We've all got different time slots. So I think you got it all. Um, and then of course, uh, and Chris, always, it's a pleasure to to discuss with you. And if you have not picked up the obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday, um, we all, we all highly recommend if you have picked it up and like chief haven't, haven't cracked it open in a couple months, couple weeks, year, whatever, crack it open again. Right. It's super Mm -hmm. relevant. And, um, maybe we'll tackle stillness is the, the key or ego is the enemy
2: next Yeah. I look forward to it.
1: Yep. To all you uh, listeners, tune in next time.